0: Today is going to be our last year in the Book of Kings because we're finishing up the book today. And, you know, we should have some kind of party to celebrate. Maybe we'll organize a Zoom party. Just like when one finishes a tractate of Talmud, it's customary to have a siyum, siyum b'sechet. So we should do the same thing for the Bible books. We finished a book of Bible. We should start a custom of having a siyum in the same way. Anyway, these last few verses that we're going to read today, they explain the release of King Jehoiachin from prison. Remember Jehoiachin? He ruled for three months, was exiled to Babylonia by Nebuchadnezzar, and Jehoiachin was replaced by King Tzitkiyau. And ever since, Jehoiachin's been languishing in jail for about 40 years. And so what we're going to have now, after a full chapter that we've gone through, here, chapter 25, the last chapter in the book of Kings, after a full chapter detailing the destruction and the darkness of the Babylonian exile, we get a little hope, a little opening of hope, a little Petach Tikva, a window of hope for Ram Yisrael, some comfort after the storm. And that's the way of the prophets throughout. For instance, in the book of Jeremiah, yeah, he's a prophet of doom, constantly prophesizing these brutal prophecies about the destruction of the first temple and so forth. But it's also the same Jeremiah who gives prophecies of nechama, consolation and comfort, of how God will, at the end of the day, redeem Israel. And how Babylonia and the other nations are going to be punished and despoiled? For instance, we have Jeremiah chapter 31, which is all about the redemption of Jacob, the ingathering of the exiles. And a lot of these prophecies were turned into songs. You know, You know that song. That's a prophecy of great optimism that Hashem says the people that survived the sword found favor in the wilderness as I led Israel to its place of tranquility. So these beautiful prophecies are in the book of Jeremiah as well. And in that same chapter, we, we see how God will restore Jerusalem. And in the chapter before, in chapter 30, Jeremiah gives prophecies of how David's throne will be reestablished. The point is, the prophet Jeremiah isn't going to leave us with a bad taste in our mouths. We don't want to end up being depressed here. So the same thing here in the Book of Kings, we're going to end on an up note, as we'll see a small window starting to open up, which signifies a simon, a sign, for the redemption. And so let's read verse twenty-seven. And it was in the thirty-seventh year of the exile of Yoyachin, king of Judea, which means that Yoyachin sat in jail for thirty-seven years. In the twelfth month, and that of course is the month of Adar, on the 27th day of that month, that evil Merodach, King of Babylonia, in the year of his coronation, lifted up the head of yo King of Judea, and released him from prison. So on the 27th of Adar, after sitting for 37 years in prison, King Yoyachin is released, but it doesn't say just that he's released, but the expression used here is, and he lifted the head of That that is Evel Merodach, who by the way is the son of Nebuchadnezzar, he lifts the head of Yoyachin, which expresses a lot more than just a technical release, for instance, we saw when Joseph was in prison, the biblical Joseph, he was in prison, and he was with the butler and the baker. And they had the dream. And what did Joseph say to the butler? Nasarosh, that Paro, in another three days, Yisatroshecha Vashivecha Alkanecha, that Paro will raise your head and will restore you to your post. So Nasarosh means that he'll be back to his respectable position. The butler will return to his respectable position of being Paro's butler. And here too, Yoichin's head was lifted, which means he's not only Getting out of jail, but he's going to be treated like royalty from now on as we'll see. The expression "nasarosh" is similar to the expression nasapanav, which is not to raise the head, but to raise the face. Which doesn't make sense in English, but to raise somebody's face is the same concept that you'll be elevated. And they have the opposite, plupanav and his face fell, which is in the Tanakh, meaning the person is very sad, their face fell, it's sagging. And we raise their face. Nisapanav is the opposite. So we're talking about busha. That all that time Yoyachin is sitting in jail. There's busha in it. There's embarrassment. There's shame in it. No more. Now Yisapanav, Yisaroshow, There will be no more embarrassment. He will be now treated respectably. And notice how in the verse he's constantly being called the king of Judea. That title just sticks to him all the time. In verse twenty-seven, we see it twice. It was in the 37th year of the exile of Yoyachin, king of Judea. And at the end of the verse, and he lifted up the head of Yoyachin, king of Judea. It's like purposely stuck in there to remind us he's king of Judea and he never lost his title of king. And some of the commentators in explaining King Sitkiah's lack of assertiveness and lack of confidence that we saw, they attributed to the fact that he wasn't like the real king. It's he He's being called the king all the time. And Tzitkiah was just like a fill-in because we see that Yoyachin retains that title, King of Judea. And before we move on to verse 28, I forgot to mention that that date, the 27th of Adar, Chazal teaches that it was like a Jewish holiday. It was celebrated as a Chag. It was a big deal, the 27th of Adar, when King Yoyachin was released from prison. So let's go to verse 28. to tovot, and he spoke with him kindly. That is the King of Babylon, Evel Merodach, he spoke to Yohiachin, Tovot, kindly, kiso, me'al And he placed his throne, that is the throne of Yohiachin, above the throne of the kings, who were with him in Babylon. So what happened was, all the defeated kings, all those kings who were defeated by Babylon, they were in the palace of the king of Babylon, serving as advisors. You figure if they're kings, they must have something going for them. So, Evil Marodach kept him around, just like Nebuchadnezzar kept him around. And Evel Marodach elevated King Yoachin. He gave him a special status above all these other defeated kings. Verse 29, Vashinat Day kilo, And he changed his prison garb. And that really reminds us of Joseph, right? The biblical Joseph who changed his clothes when getting released from prison before he met Paro. So he changed his prison garb. And he ate meals regularly together with the king of Babylon. They ate together all the days of his life. And that's always the sign of somebody close to the king sitting al sholchan amelech. the way Boshit was on the sholchan of King David. That means they're very close. And the status never changed because it says it happened all the days of his life. Now Chazal asks, it says he ate before him regularly all the days of his life. All the days of whose life? All the days of Evel Marodak's life, or all the days of Yoachin's life? So the Radak brings from the Midrash the following: It was all the days of Yoachin's life. That when the Kodesh Baruch Hu grants tranquility to the righteous, he does not take it away from them, but it accompanies them to paradise. So we're talking about all the days of Yevyechin. He was treated like royalty. And remember, all the Jews in Babylon are watching this and they're really happy about it. And that's why they have a celebration on the 27th of Adar because it shows them, it's a simmon for them, a sign that better days are ahead. And finally, we wrap up the Book of Kings in verse 30. And his meals, regular meals were given him, from the king, from the king, each and every day, call Yamechayav, again, we have the expression, all the days of his life. Never missed a day. So that means, Yoyechin outlived Nebuchadnezzar and Evel Moradach. He's a real rags to riches story. This Yoyechin actually went from riches to rags and to riches again. And all of this again is encouragement for the Jews of Babylon that the redemption isn't some pipe dream. So we see that prophecies are being fulfilled because we saw that though the Davidic dynasty might be punished and oppressed, for their sins, you can't keep it down forever. That—that That is, they might be down, but they're never out. And that's why in the Torah, in Parashat Bechokotai, in Leviticus 26, God lays down these rapid fire punishments for the Jewish people. And he says, despite all these punishments, while they will be in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them to obliterate them to annul my covenant with them. So this shows that as bad as it might get for us and as dark as the exile might be, Hashem will never annul his covenant. He will never reject and obliterate us. And that's the proof of Am Yisrael. All these generations, we've been persecuted and thrown all over the world and we're still around because that's our special relationship we have with Hashem. Though we suffer greatly as a people, will never be wiped out. And if you go back to the prophecy of Achiah Shiloni, when he anointed Yeravah Benavat, at the end of his prophecy there, he says... The David Because the kings of David sinned. He's going to afflict them. But not for all time. And that's what we see here. Not for all time. There's a promise to David that his candle won't be extinguished. And that's what we see here with the release of Yoyechin from the prison and returning to a status of royalty. And don't forget, we learned all about him, how he did Shuva in the jail, how he kept the laws of ritual purity and he was permitted a conjugal visit and in the merit of that conjugal visit that the rabbis organized you could go back to ashirim and yoyachin eventually in the end he fathered the continuation of the davidic dynasty now if you go to the book of chronicles chronicles 1 chapter 3 verse 10 to the end you get there king david's royal line and you see how yoyachin is part of that davidic dynasty and let's read King David's royal line here as it's written in Chronicles in chapter 3 verse 10 and onwards. It kind of serves as a great review to finish up the book of Kings for us. See if we remember it. It says like this. Ben Shlomo, rechavam. The son of Solomon was a And his son was Aviah. Asa Beno. Asa was his son. Yoshaphat Beno. Yoshaphat was his son. Yoram Beno. Yoram was the son of Yoshaphat. Ahaziah Beno. Ahaziah was the son of Yoram. Yoash Beno and his son was Yoash Amatsiahu Beno and then it was Amatsiah, Azariah Beno the next one was Azariah Yotam was his son Achaz Beno that was his son who was the son of Achaz I hope you remember we're getting towards the end here Beno Chizkiaho and who was the son of Chizkiaho Beno Menashe and who was his son Amon was the son of Menashe Ubeno Yoshiao and his son was Yoshiao Ubenei Yoshiao and then they give the sons of Yoshiah. And we arrive at Yoiakim. And the son of Yoiakim was Yechoniah, which is another name for Yo-Yachim. And then we give the lineage of Yo-Yachim in verse 17. And we see one of the sons of Yo-Yachim, his name is Padiah. And who's the son of Padiah? Zerubbabel. And there you have it, Zerubbabel. He is a descendant of Yo-Yachim. And it was Zerubbabel who was the governor and the leader of the Jewish people when they returned to the land of Israel after the 70 year period. And so by ending our book with the release of Yoyechin, we see there how it's a straight path to the eventual redemption of the Jewish people. Now, if you go to Chronicles, to the very end, we're talking about the last two verses of the entire book, which means the last two verses of the entire Bible, because we don't count the New Testament, of course. But Chronicles will now take us 70 years later into the future to see how this whole thing plays out. And this is what it says at the very end of Chronicles, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia. So Chronicles here has jumped ahead 70 years from where we were in the book of Kings. Cyrus now, he's ruling the world. He's conquered Babylonia. And it says in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, Hashem aroused the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, and he issued a proclamation throughout his kingdom and in writing and said, thus says, Cyrus, the king of Persia, Hashem, God of heaven, has given to me all the kingdoms of the earth and he has commanded me to build him a temple in Jerusalem, which is in Judea. This is a Goyish king talking, remember that. Whoever there is among you of his entire people, he's talking to the Jewish people here, may Hashem his God be with him and let him go up. So, Osiris Cyrus, the king of Persia, issues this proclamation and this is the the beginnings of the Second Temple period, the end of the seven-year exile. And so we end the Bible on this optimistic note. And with that, we'll end our shirim in the Book of Kings. And with God's help, we're going to go back to Shmuel and start learning the Book of Samuel with our goal to finish the entire Bible. Stay tuned.